No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. A victory on the ice, and apparently the team isn't leaving off the ice. So all in all, I would say a very good day for the Winnipeg Jets. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we welcome you to the Illegal Curve post-game show. He's DM Dave Manuk. I'm DM Drew Mandel. We're here to discuss the Winnipeg Jets. 4-2 victors over the St. Louis Blues with the win. They improve to an utterly remarkable 16-3-1 against their central division opponents. That means four wins in a row for the Jets, seven of their past eight. They are on a heater and the doldrums of the post-All-Star break are certainly flushed and gone as the Winnipeg Jets are back atop the Western Conference, at the very least, by a points percentage. Dave M., good to see you tonight. How are things in your land? Welcome back to Winnipeg. We hope you had a nice little time away. I did. I did indeed. Uh, Lise is asking who the three stars were. I should know. I won't tell you why I know. Wink, wink. Uh, they were Brassois, Morrissey, and um, Brendan Dillon. So there you go. There's your three stars of the game, Lise, uh, and for anyone else who was concerned as to who those three stars were. But uh, that is the uh, order of, in that order, I should say. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. A nice little holiday. <laughs> you distracted trip. yourself there with, with I did. The, with I that. did. I wasn't going to go three stars, but then Lise asked the question. So I wanted to let her know. Um, I had a nice little. Uh, I had a nice little break. It was uh, quite the switch. I understand the it was nice weather here in Winnipeg while I was away, but then I, of course, I had yeah. a nice little, you know, significant like fifty degree switch from uh, plus twenty five to minus twenty five. But hey, we live in Winnipeg. We got to deal with it. And there was a lot to discuss that kept you warm. People were worried because there was a fire. It's supposed to be a fireside chat with the commissioner Gary Bettman, of course. The, Folks know in Winnipeg, the only place you have a fireside chat is here on the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave M., Drew Mandel, and Ezzy Ginsberg. So uh, ultimately, that was uh, folks like that. There were all uh, 500 season ticket holders who took that in. We have a lot to talk about, Drew, like I said, because mm-hmm. uh, there were, of course, the media availabilities with the commissioner, the deputy commissioner, Mark Chipman. And uh, of course, there was a hockey game to discuss. So lots to talk about. And this Jets team, like this was another, I thought another impressive effort by Laurent Brassois. I thought Certainly. he was, I thought he was really good. I mean, obviously the second goal, which we'll get into during the game recap, I wouldn't blame on him because he had just made a fantastic save, which I was in the process of tweeting before Nate Schmidt decided to, you know, <laughs> and not only on Nate Schmidt because the rest of the Jets were kind of standing around uh, looking like what's going on right now after Brassois made the save. But uh, I thought he was excellent in the game, and uh, I thought a lot of guys were. Uh, you know, I thought Josh Morrissey had another strong game. So, um, you, you know, you know what, and sorry, sorry I just wanted to say, Drew, you're playing yeah. against the St. Louis team that's desperate, right? Because unlike the yeah. Arizona Coyotes, who are done, St. Louis isn't done. The St. Louis was only yeah. four games, four points back, sorry, with right. games in hand of Nashville. Nashville, by the way, a team that doesn't look like they're slowing down any because they were up 
over I know they're playing Ottawa, but they were up when I last checked. Four four one the 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 Predators yeah. beat the Senators tonight. Which I think believe gives them six wins in a row or something like that. So they're mm-hmm. they're again, I don't think they're charging for any of the three spots. We know Colorado and Dallas are playing tonight and they're you know doing battle. I think Colorado was up two one last I checked in that one. But going to the second period, which again right now as as it stands, the Jets it's have now, it's now four one Colorado. Okay, well, it looks like then the Jets will end the evening as a first place team in the Central based on uh, points percentage. Yeah. But um, it was it was an important game because this is a team. There's a lot going on off the ice, and I think that a lot of the noise was was put to rest today. Not not all of it, but I think a lot of it may may have quieted down. We may yeah. return to some normality coming uh, coming up soon, but. I think there were a lot of questions that were were wanting to be answered. And again, we have the availabilities with Gary Bettman uh, available on our YouTube channel and Bill Daly. Um, but again, like I said, Drew, there's there's so many places to start. And uh, obviously, David Gustafson returned to the uh, the Jets from the morning of V Media morning skate, and we saw that he was recalled from his conditioning assignment with the Moose. Uh, Cole Perfetti back on the right side. I mean, there's a lot of storylines to discuss. Alex Ayafalo coming into today's game, 21 games without a goal. So wherever you, hey, you're the host, you can start wherever you want to start. But there's there's just so much to talk about. Rambling incoherently, let me get a, a word in edgewise. He hasn't <laughs> waited for a microphone for a week, and all of a sudden he needs to make up for lost time is, is clearly what's happening there. But we'll, we'll start with the uh, Jets game and the on-ice performance, and then like we always do, we will deal with the off-ice stuff uh, probably after the commercial break uh, on tonight's Illegal Curve post-game show. But to me, you know, the Winnipeg Jets, like you said, Dave, look, you got the St. Louis Blues, a team that is not as good as the Winnipeg Jets, and that's just being frank. You can see where they are in the standings. You know where the Jets are in the standings. And yes, St. Louis is a desperate team, and they need to, you know, scratch and claw their way, uh, you know, to uh, to a wild card spot. To me, what was most impressive about the Jets' victory tonight, and this isn't something that we saw on Friday in Chicago or on Sunday against Arizona is how the Jets responded to a poor second period. Because that's what it was in this game. The Jets had a great first period, much like mm-hmm. on Sunday against Arizona. The second period tonight, not not great. Not, you know, not anything you want to write home about. You know, St. Louis cuts it down to a 3-2 lead. And then you remember on Sunday against the Coyotes, the Jets had that 3-2 lead and Arizona scored early in that third period to tie the game. So I was really keeping a close eye, uh, you know, on that third period. How were the Jets going to respond to the second? How were the Jets going to react in another sort of tight game where they're playing against a lesser rival, are they going to let that other team back into the game and then have to win it in overtime, like we saw Friday, Sunday? Or are they going to maybe affirm the victory in regulation time? And I was uh, impressed by the Jets in that third period in that they did affirm the victory. They obviously get the insurance marker, and we'll talk about that in the Betway game recap, but for me, it was more just the way they played that third period. I thought that they were relatively in control for a lot of that third period. I mean, St. Louis had some opportunities because there was, you know, a stretch of four on four hockey and there was a stretch where, you know, the Jets uh, got into some penalty trouble. Of course, Mason Appleton uh, took that roughing penalty. Uh, and I, I mean, the Neil Pionk high step 
doesn't really matter in this case um, because that happened so late in the game. But to me, that was the most impressive part from the from the Jets' perspective is that they sort of affirmed that victory with the, with the performance in the third period, Dave. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just going to laugh, Drew, because I was like, that high-staking penalty was a bit of a phantom call. I mean, it was definitely, I, I shouldn't say that. It was definitely a high stick, but Shen looked like he had been shot. So, I mean, it was quite it was quite an exa- a bit of an exaggeration by him. Uh, yeah, you wanted to see a bounce back because they definitely saw a, a Blues team that was hungry in that second period who mm-hmm. felt like they could get back into it. I thought Joel Hofer, who, of course, is from Winnipeg, he was, I, I, I almost wanted to give him a start. Former because, guest on our show. Wasn't he on our show once years ago? I, Did I make that up? I think Joel Hofer was on the show once years and years ago. Like when maybe. he was in junior still. Okay. Maybe that, that sounds kind of familiar that we, you know, I mean, if you almost, if you wanted to look that up, you could, but uh, he played, he played really well and uh, kept his team in, in the game. And then, like I said, the, the Lauren Brassois was excellent in that second period as well only giving up the one goal so um you wanted i agree with you drew that third period was important and and one of the talking points today in the media availability with head coach rick bonus which of course you can watch on our youtube channel not during our show is that uh the comfort in playing one goal games i believe st louis played some pun this year they have a great record in one goal games i'm pretty sure like kelly moore was telling me earlier that the that they've got the most in one goal games so um and we'll be hearing from Rick Bonus. Speaking of fairly shortly, but from the Matt Frost Media Center. But Drew, I, I think that was the key: was you wanted to see a, a strong third period, and that's what we did from the Jets. And they mm-hmm. closed it out, and they continued to have that dominance, which you outlined in the first minute of the show against the Central. And we talk about it: that how important is it? You know, we talk about how important it is for this Jets team to finish first place. Yeah. Well, that's what you need to do. You need to eat the competition in the division, and that's what they're doing right now. And so it's been an impressive effort, and. Again, like I said, this is a St. Louis team that, while they've you know fallen of late, they're 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 still a team that was within that frame striking distance of the playoffs, and you knew that they wanted to have a good effort in tonight's effort. Uh, yeah, and, and that's what they had. They had the, you know they had the right start to the game. You know, there's always going to be a sag. Sixty minutes are not are never going to be dominant for an entire sixty minutes. It's just not the way the game works. So that second period, you did see that sag, and then that's why that third period to me was so important because you sort of seen those second period sags carry over and be maybe more of the you know enti- more of the sixty minutes than than less of the sixty minutes of the game. Here's Jets head coach Rick Bonus. Just your take you have in that when you're able to put uh put your back up in against a team like that hungry team like that and get the results that you get yeah he was great again tonight uh he's been very consistent with those level of play the after the first couple of games early in the season he's been wonderful so we have no hesitation at all to put him in the net against anybody so uh tonight's a divisional game it's a big game but as we said earlier, like when we signed him, wanted to reduce Bucky's workload. We're doing that, and we're getting great goaltending from LB. So we have no hesitancy at all to put him in the net. Two games ago, looked like we were seeing the beginnings of some chemistry from that second line. Did you see them take a massive step in that tonight? They were good the first night they played together. They were very good again tonight. So uh, you got two very reliable players, and then Sean and Alex, and uh, it gives it gives. Uh, Nick a little more freedom out there, and he's he's better on that left side than he was on the right. 
and the, right now the, the line looks really good. We wanted, you know, from day one since we got Sean, we're trying to get that chemistry on that second line. That's very, very important as we move forward. And uh, so it's, that line's look very good. And I know the third line got caught a little bit when Adam was out and that goal against them, but that, you know, Thomas and Cairo line is... Wow, they're the, very good. Yeah. <laughs> they're exciting. They, they, I mean, they play the game very fast. They're very, very dangerous on the rush. And especially when they got Tory Crew coming up with them all the time, it's a four-man rush every time. And they all hang on the puck. They, uh, they, use, they use the width of the ice on their entries, and they use each other, and they're able to make those cute little passes between the, the defender stick and skates. And they, they just read off each other very well. But they're fast, they're highly skilled, and they're very, very poised and confident with the puck. Your thoughts though, on Adam's ability to suppress that line tonight? Pardon me? Your thoughts, though, on Adam's line's oh, they, ability oh, they to suppress it? they did a very good them. job. Listen, they're going to get their chances, that line. They, I mean, you saw Kyra late, late in the game. He's just leaving the zone. He's out by the blue line. That's hard to defend. So I, I thought Adam's line did the job they needed to do. They shut them down as best they could. They pulled their goalie early, and there's a lot of those D-zone draws. And now you have Monaghan, so you're running him and Lowry together, Lowry and Shifley together. Is this kind of a dry run for the stretch run or the playoffs? Like, do you yeah. imagine that in your mind? Yeah, that's what we need going forward. It's not just it's Thursday night, too, the next game. Uh, it's nice. I mean, you want to try to have two sentiment out there at the end like that. And it's nice to have on that left side to have Sean and, and Adam out there for sure. And it looked like you gave quite a lot of... Uh, time for Dylan and Pionk for that. What did you see from them battling? Yeah, well, they're they're very reliable. They were having an outstanding game tonight, so they should be on the ice. Is that the defenseman equivalent of rewarding guys who are scoring yeah. or something like that? Yeah, having a good game, you, you got to be on the you got to be on the ice. I just want to ask about Josh Morrissey. He's got 11 assists in his last five games. Is there something different you're seeing recently, or is that just a matter no, of No, he, he was creating a lot of offense earlier. We just weren't scoring any goals for him. Uh, so, it, we, you know, we monitor the chances for and against very closely, and he's always been up there in, in terms of creating chances for us. So, yeah, it wasn't going our way offensively for a while, but now the puck's going in, and he's making great plays. And on creating chances, the fourth line, Nemeskov had a great chance late in the game there. What did you see from Perfetti, Nemeskov? Yeah, I like that line. Again, you know, we're trying to give them some quality minutes because of the schedule that's coming up, trying to reduce the schedule, the, the workload of the top two lines. Adam's line's going to get their, their customary 15 to 17 minutes, and we're trying to reduce the workload on those top two lines, and we need that fourth line to give us that 10, 12 minutes. Just one more about the, the Blues players you mentioned. You face off against Robert Thomas a lot in your you know, career with Dallas in here. What about him makes him such a you know fascinating player and one of the most skilled passers in the league? He's a great skater. I mean, he is. He's fast and he's powerful. Like yeah. There's a lot of fast guys. He is powerful as well. He's very strong on his feet. And, and he's... There's another guy that can make plays at high at high speed, doesn't have to slow down to make a play. Some guys are fast, but they got to slow down and make that next play. He doesn't. Uh, he's got great vision, and he just, yeah, he's just a very talented player. Thank you. Thanks. Short but sweet. Jets head coach Rick Bonus. Not a lot to address besides you know, the game and the performance of uh, some of those key members of the Winnipeg Jets team. Uh, that happened. It sort of abruptly came to an end a little bit before I was expecting it uh, today, Dave. But he did speak eloquently and he spoke passionately about that Winnipeg Jets second line. And you can see they are developing chemistry. Uh, Ehlers, Ayafalo, and Monaghan. And the truth is, I think it's important, most important, that Ehlers and Monaghan uh, have that chemistry because. Who knows how long Ayafalo is going to be up there for? Right now, that line's going well. 
know, I don't, I don't necessarily expect him to be a permanent fixture there for the remainder of the season. But if Monaghan and, and Ehlers can be a, a, a yin and a yang, similar to how Stasny fit in so well with those guys back mm-hmm. in 17-18, boy, does that, you know, sort of generate some good tidings for the Winnipeg Jets. Worth noting that the top line, again, didn't have a great game five-on-five. They were hemmed in a number of times. But, you know, maybe it just it still seems like the Jets are going to ride with that trio together. But if Monaghan and Ehlers can find some beautiful magic together as well, then uh, really that's a, a Bob's your uncle sort of thing for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, I don't have an uncle named Bob, Drew, but I can tell you after mentioning the 17-18 season, yeah. that this was the 37th win in game 57 for the Jets. And people talk about that 17-18 season. Well, that 37th win came in game 62. And last year, the season where things were great and then they slid, Mm -hmm. uh, the 37th win didn't come until game 66. So this team is uh, far ahead of uh, some of the best Jets teams we've seen uh, in this city since the return of the team in 2011. So uh, the the folks, remember, folks, everybody was concerned about a drop-off. And the five-on-five play has definitely dropped off. The team is not as tight. Rick Bonus talked about mm-hmm. that in the morning media availability. The five-on-five play has not been as 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 good uh, from from the whole group, not just ju- not just one line, but the whole group has been uh, seen a drop. Obviously, the special teams is is offsetting that. The goaltending uh, again also offsetting that. But yeah. this team isn't seeing that fall off, as Drew said. Seven games of their last eight, they've won. Mm-hmm. So the standings bank continues to look like the Jets are, uh, you know, a, a threat. I mean, like I said, we're going you're going to have to see some improvements, and that top line remains kind of questionable in terms of of what they're doing defensively. But um, you know, like I said, the the coaching staff is is trying. I mean, the big focus right now, and Rick Bonus has talked about that, is finding that chemistry, Drew. And you're you're, you're right. Nikolai Ehlers, you needed to find someone to play with Nikolai Ehlers. Sean Monahan was yeah. asked about that. He was asked, you know, learning how to play with Nikolai Ehlers because we always hear, oh, Ehlers is, is difficult to play with because he's not traditional. He doesn't go in those straight lines like like most folks and, and most players, I should say. And so um, Monahan was asked about that. And he just said, he goes, I like playing with him. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm figuring him out. It's taking a bit of time, of course, because it's, you know, it's all new. But he actually said he reminds him of Johnny Goudreau, who, of course, he played with in Calgary. Calgary, sure. And so, and, you know, shifty, small, fast. And he was just, he basically paralleled playing with, with Goudreau in, in Calgary to playing with uh, Nikolai Ehlers. So if Jets fans are, are were, were concerned about that, you know, in terms of finding that chemistry, well, if, if we can see a recreation of Monaghan and uh, Goudreau with the Ehlers and Monaghan, well, it'll serve the Jets uh, in very good stead. Yes, it certainly will uh, put the Jets in a very good position moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, let's get into the nitty-gritty of tonight's game. It's called the Betway Game Recap. The Betway Game Recap. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. As you well know, Betway is one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. With a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. 
must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Another good start. Jets get on the board 8.53 into this game. Worth noting, all the Jets' goals tonight at 5-on-5. All the goals in the game tonight at 5-on-5. So a Jets team that has really been reliant on the power play as of the last you know, handful of games. Uh, tonight, the power play didn't click, but the team did produce at five on five. Sean Monahan, his 19th of the season. Nikolai Ehlers getting the assist. Josh Morrissey getting the secondary assist. It's at the 8.53 mark of the first period. The Jets have an early one nothing lead. And you got to see in this goal, Dave, that chemistry that is beginning to develop between Ehlers and Monaghan. Ehlers is able to do what Ehlers does so well, get that time, get that space, and Monaghan goes to where he is so dangerous, the bumper position. You know, it's traditionally called the bumper position on the power play, but it's the similar spot here for this goal. And Ehlers tees him up, and Monaghan wires it past Joel Hofer, and it's one nothing Jets, not quite at the halfway mark of the first period. Well, Drew, it's again, it's it goes to that idea of of craftiness and and finding you know time and space. And Nikolai Ehlers is you know really good at that. I mean, you've got first of all, it has a nice cycle. You've got a lot of pressure. Yes. And then Josh Morrissey, of course, finds Ehlers, and it's quick. There's not a lot to do, but that's the thing with Nikolai Ehlers. With if you're a goaltender, if you're Hofer, you've got to be aware of his shot. And so you're, you know, he's got a little time and space. It's not really a great angle for him to score at, but you know, again, you have to respect that he's got a lethal shot. And so he backs everybody up, which creates, and and one thing we're, we're seeing, we don't know Sean Monaghan. Obviously we haven't watched a ton of the Montreal Canadians games, similar to Sean Monaghan being asked about the Jets. And he said, well, to be honest with you, I didn't really watch a lot of Winnipeg games. So I don't can really tell you too much about what was there before, you know, he arrived, but one thing we're learning, I think, is how good he is at creating time and space, similar to Gabriel Velarde, I think, around the net mm-hmm. and and giving himself that, you know, soft ice that we talk about. And he finds that space. And and it's most importantly, it's on and off his stick in 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 a second. Yeah. And so you've got a, a again a Jets team that is getting that chemistry between two players that is critical. And you're right, I Alex Iafalo could be because he's he's kind of a digger, so he could be that sort of um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a force on the line and a guy who, you know, creates He's, turnovers, he can do the dirty work. He can go get the, I mean, and Monaghan right. can do some which of the dirty did, work too. Way, which is what IFLO did. Right. And he also, again, you know, it's funny, you don't get an assist, but he's, he's creating chaos in front of the front of the net, right? right. He's creating another option for, you know, if there's a rebound on the Monaghan shot, to, be, to put that into the back of the net. So you like what IFL if, if on that line, Ehlers is the fancy boy with the fancy play and the fancy footwork and the fancy yeah. stick work and the fancy skating and everything else. And Monaghan is the, is the trigger man or Monaghan is the, 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 the sniper. Mm. IFL is just your hardworking guy. Who's going to go and do the dirty work on the line. The quote unquote unsung hero, the offensive lineman that uh, never gets any credit, but if it wasn't for his key block, the quarterback doesn't have time to hit the wide receiver for the for the uh, for the long touchdown drew save your football analogies for the illegal <laughs> procedure ho- uh, football show this is the illegal curve hockey show but yeah, yeah i mean you're you're right uh that is what you want to see from this this duo right now and that and like we talked about i have found, whether it's i fallow or someone else i suspect because of rick bonus seeing some chemistry develop he'll he'll keep this line going Again, like I said, there's some uncertainty with that first line and whether you're going to keep those three uh, together. Right. Uh, but most importantly is that you have someone 
in Monaghan who seems comfortable playing with Nikolai Ehlers. And so that that's the key, whether it's Perfetti or, or Ayafalo or anyone else as that third man on that unit, it really doesn't seem to matter as much because again, like I said, those two developing that chemistry is what this team needed. And what Rick bonus has been talking about for weeks now was getting something out of that second line. So he's getting it. He's getting goal scoring, and that's critical, and that's how they open the game. Yeah, exactly right. The Jets get that opening goal, uh, and they get that one nothing lead, and that's what you want to do against the St. Louis uh, Blues team that is, as we talked about, scratching, clawing, trying to sort of climb the ladder, you know, rung by rung back into a playoff spot or back into the heart of the playoff race. But an early goal against really has a demoralizing effect against the team like St. Louis. And but- that's his, that was his sixth goal. Sorry, just quickly, Drew. That was what I found sixth goal now. And he was looking like a, a he still is looking like a, a Cy Young award winner at six yeah. goals. Zero assists at this point now. At this point, wait till wait this, wait till later on in the Betway game recap, and it's no longer zero assists at that point. But again, uh, like it's just no. I just wanted to just make this quick point. Is just again, this is why twofold. Number one, the Jets made a trade for him early because sure. they wanted to be able to get him acclimatized, knowing going into March there will no not be any practice time. So mm-hmm. he's he's acclimatized, and and I'm just saying this is the reason why whenever I see things with winners and losers, I can't ever read them. You can't even read them like a year later, two years later, let alone like within a minute. But winners and losers, or this trade's a bomb. Again, he has six goals in his last four games. So he's he's looking like a, a pretty good addition to this Jets club. I would say he, he certainly is right now. Uh, and nothing. the only thing better than a one nothing lead against a, a sort of weakened opponent is a 2 nothing lead. And it comes a minute and 27 seconds later. Brendan Dillon, it's his seventh of the year. And you know what this is. Anytime a player sets a new career high in goals, they get the honor of all honor, the Seagram shot of the game. The Seager shot of the game. It's a clean face-off win. It's right back to Brendan Dillon, and it's a shot that I think I heard them say 88 miles per hour, as opposed, you know, as if that's got a meaning, as opposed to if, if the shot was only 84 <laughs> miles an hour, it would have been an easy save. Whatever it was, it was Brendan Dillon's seventh of the year. Lots of traffic in front of Joel Hofer, but a really nice shot. We know Brendan Dillon can fire it. He's not known as being a sniper, but this year, seven goals, new career high. This one gives the Jets a 2 nothing lead. Uh, and it's you know it's it's one of those instances where faceoffs were important, and on this goal it was as it led to the Jets getting that two nothing lead. Dave, yeah, I was just going to say, and we talk about, or some folks talk about how faceoffs don't matter, but this was clearly an indication that a faceoff did matter because a clean yeah. faceoff win by Mark Shifley uh, gives Brendan Dillon that opportunity to take that blast, and it's important, right? You've got seven goals for him; he's got a new career high, which. It's amazing to think that he said that 10 years ago with the Dallas Stars in the 2013-14 season. But, well, I should say he set the previous record, which which was six, and now he's got seven. So, uh, you know, it's good for him. Uh, UFA this at the end of this year, a guy who's expressed interest in staying here in Winnipeg. We'll see if that ends up happening. But uh, for right now, Brendan Dillon, uh, you know, another good addition to this Jets team uh, since, you know, since he came over and and – one of the things that Rick Bonus has talked about, Drew, is is the need for de- the defense to step up and and produce. And you know, you're getting 
obviously Josh Morrissey's been become an assist machine. He already was last year. I mean, he's not he's not going to hit his his number of over sixty. I think he had sixty assists last year. He won't quite get there this uh, year. But at, at on the heater that he's on, he might. <laughs> don't count him out. He might have it by next week. You never know. I was going to say I don't want to go against Josh Morrissey, so I w- I won't. But yeah. you know, I, I mean, again, it's it is interesting to see. Uh, like I said, guys like Brandon Dillon contributing, and that's what this Jets club needs, and that's what they get with a with his blast to give a, a them a two nothing lead. Yeah, exactly right. Two nothing for the Jets. Uh, it doesn't last that long. It lasts thirty seconds. St. Louis battles back. Pavel Buchnevich, a guy that is certainly uh, the apple of of a lot of people's eyes. If the Jets make another acquisition ahead of the trade deadline, his name is uh, is is rolling off of people's tongues. Assist to Marco Scandella, Robert Thomas as well. Jets sort of get caught running around in their own zone on this one. It's a bit of a it's it's a bit of a mishmash uh, mm-hmm. of a it's not a full line change. Lowry's not out there, but it's Nemesnikov, Appleton, and Niederreiter, and the Blues do a good job of sort of cycling the Jets to death. And it's probably one I would say that uh, Lauren Persuad doesn't want to give up this rebound. It's mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a glove save, but it pops out of his glove, and sure the Jets have been uh, on their heels on this shift. But if it's a clean save, which it probably should be a clean save, then Buchnevich doesn't get the opportunity to deposit the rebound. Nonetheless, it's not a clean save. It's sitting there, and you know he's got some goal-scoring talent as he's got his 23rd of the year here, and he tucks that in to cut the Jets' lead from 2-0 to 2-1, and it's been a lot of goals through the first 10 minutes and 50 seconds of uh, tonight's contest. Yeah, and, and look, like that goes to the idea of, St. Louis being a hungry team mm. and not wanting to 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 again rest on their laurels and and say okay well we lost this game you know the Jets are feeling good the crowd is feeling good uh, but despite the they there was some heat in the building even though it was ice cold outside and uh, you know like I said Brendan Dillon was pumped up you could see the excitement from the from the Jets knowing that obviously that's a significant goal for him and for their team and yeah you you don't like that the Jets kind of sat back a little bit and, and St. Louis takes it to them. And ultimately you've got a goal in the back of the net and drew broke it down. So I don't really need to, to keep, to break that one down any further mm-hmm. because you've just done a good job on it. But you know, like I said, boost net boots, boost Nevich is a, is, I think I pronounced it right. I, who knows? Yeah, yeah, very close every, enough. I was, I was gonna say he's close enough, but like he, it's funny. He's, he's the kind of player that everybody talks about. I mean, what was that? His, is that his 19th goal? I think 23rd, 23rd of the year. I mean, look, he, he's a guy who's going to, he's a top six player. He's a, probably a top three player, uh, you know, on a lot of teams. He's a really talented player. He's under contract for another year. If he gets traded and that's a yeah. big, if he's going to cost a lot, Mm-hmm. No, he's not going to be a, a an inexpensive acquisition uh, for any team because you're talking about a guy who would certainly, uh, you know, he turns any team's top six that much better. Um, so, the, you know, I, I again, unless you're coming to blow away the Blues with an offer, I don't know how trading him necessarily improves their team, but they're right in that awkward, mushy middle where they're not yet bad enough that they need to sort of not retool but re- retool on the fly and they're not mm-hmm. good enough that they can be a a uh, a contending force so that's where the blues are sort of stuck there that's why when you're stuck there you wonder if you can maybe go pick the bones of your opposition a little bit but he's a nice nice hockey player who would look great on any team and certainly would turn the winnipeg jets you know top six 
into just a, a force of nature. If you add him with Ehlers and and Monahan, or you however you you slot him in there, uh, mm-hmm. that Jets uh, that Jets top six into a really really impressive force. Uh, he gets the goal here, makes it two one uh, at that point, just a bit over the halfway mark of the first period. Uh, but the Jets respond, and they respond five minutes or sorry, four minutes and forty three seconds later. It's Kyle Connor, his twenty fourth assist to Josh Morrissey. That's Morrissey's second assist of the game. So let me do mm-hmm. three plus three plus two. Eleven. Well, I was going to know three plus three plus two. I was going to say eight assists oh, in okay. the last three games. That's what I was going with that. I think there were two more. Weren't there two more in this game prior, though? Yeah, they very well might have been. It's hard to keep I think track. I'm pretty that sure it was, make... e- it, was either, it was either two pro- in the game prior or one and then two in the game before that. It's been a lot of assists and not that many <laughs> games for Josh Morrissey is the bottom line of that. Uh, and, and, you know, he catches the Blues in a not great line change. And this is, again, it's a nice shot by Kyle Connor, but Joel Hofer has to make this save, from my estimation. You know, that's not what it didn't appear to be an overwhelmingly threatening. It's, you know, Connor's coming in, but the angle is cut off. So it's not a breakaway. You know, Hofer yeah. is out to challenge, and, and Connor picks a corner, but it's not like he puts a, you know, he, he, he picks it so supremely that a, all a goalie can do is sort of shrug his shoulders and laugh, uh, sort of like Ehlers did against, uh, what team was that? Was that Minnesota or Chicago? Chicago, I think, on Friday. Chicago, night, right? when he, when he, yeah, it was Chicago. Yeah, when he went roof daddy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so Connor gets the goal. Uh, nice shot, not the best shot, probably should have been saved, but nonetheless, uh, the Jets, you have to like the transition from, you know, it was a one pass up scoring uh, threat, scoring opportunity, uh, and the Jets do score to make it 3-1, and that's where the first period ended. Another very solid first period for the Winnipeg Jets, getting the three goals, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they had three goals as well in that first period on Sunday against the Coyotes. Of course, these ones were five on five, and those ones were uh, heavily influenced by the power play. Yeah, I, I just want to say, though, it's ironic that we're talking about a Kyle Connor goal that was essentially set up because he made a poor play defensively right. in the in the offensive zone That's where right. his pass gets intercepted. They turn it away. He wasn't exactly burning the midnight oil to uh, to get back or turning on the afterburners. I guess would be more appropriate yeah. in order to get back defensively, and then he's able to take advantage of it as he's doing a little bit of a a little sh- you know shallow shallow dive on the on the center ice. And he, of course, again, you're right, credit Josh Morrissey for recognizing that and getting it up to him. And look, Kyle Connor is a phenomenal player. He's got 24 goals uh, this season. It was a hell of a good shot. I mean, you could say that maybe Hofer lost his, his far post, but, uh, you know, Kyle Connor's got an elite shot. He's an elite player uh, when it comes offensively. And uh, that's a 3-1 goal. And, and Drew, before we go into the second period, maybe they discussed it on on the broadcast i didn't we uh, in the press box had no idea what had happened did it was there any explanation as to the adam lowry braden shen uh fight because from my viewing and i saw the replay but i'm just curious as to what the assessment was first of all of yours but i'll just I, like i said i saw yeah. it and when i watched it live i thought shed had given him a couple shots to the back and i thought that wasn't enough and maybe it was shen's trying to get his team going that's, a little bit that's largely the the explanation i mean i was uh I, I i was watching uh and listening to the broadcast um you know at this point in time and 
they were equally confused. Kevin and, and Dan didn't really see anything that happened on the ice that would that led to it. I think the Jets really were sort of in control of the game early. They had the uh, they had the better of the flow of the game, uh, you know, through the first five six minutes. And I think Braden Shen uh, approached Adam Lowry and basically said, I, "I need to drag my team. I need to wake my team up. Give them a little bit of the smelling salts with jet, without the actual smelling salts." And mm-hmm. I think that's what. Uh, uh, that that's what resulted in the fight. And, you know, you think Adam Lowry's like, oh, sure. If you want to bring your team in and I'll, I'll oblige, you know, the, the code, the code is probably why Adam Lowry dropped the gloves in this instance. Uh, mm. You know, cause you're right. Adam Lowry, the jet, the way the jets were playing and, you know, Adam Lowry getting off the ice for five minutes is a, is a bigger detriment to the Winnipeg jets uh, than Braden Shen being off the ice for five minutes. I like Braden Shen as a hockey player. Um, mm. So I'm not saying that, but he's not, the same player he once was, um, but he's, you know, I, I, it's just, I think that he was looking to try and spark his team and Lowry reciprocated when, uh, you know, the, the request was made, but there wasn't a on ice catalyst for the fight. Right. If that's what you're asking. Okay. No, I mean, that's, and that's what, it, that's what I, I, that was my assumption. I just was curious if Kevin or, or Dan had seen anything or heard anything, or if there was anything on the broadcast that was said otherwise. So that was, that turns out to be the game winning goal, which again is actually yeah. crazy to think that's three straight games now for Kyle Connor with a game winning goal. Is it not? Uh, it would be. Yes. If you go back and to the two OT it, winners and certainly yeah. it would be the case. And that is his 50th career game winning goal, uh, which is well above anyone else. He was tied with Mark Shifley. He's now ahead of Mark Shifley and OT Konopoli like that fight. Uh, Lowry and Shen no, fought. I, I see rules of, say if you give us money, we put we highlight your comments. Okay, Lowry and Shen fought. This is Tico Napoli's because Tico Napoli's up on this. He said Lowry and Shen fought because of the Shen hit on hit and fight on 55 last year or earlier this year. Okay, well, there you go. There's Tico Napoli's uh thought process on that one. Thank you, Tico Napoli. But getting back to Cal Connor, 50th game winning goal, and uh, Drew, who had the most game winning goals. For the Jets, 1.0. And if you saw my tweeter from last game, I don't didn't. answer. Okay, well, I then, didn't then... see your tweet. I think I muted you a long time ago. But Fair uh, enough. Fair uh, enough. Who had the most game-winning goals from the Jets, 1.0? Yeah. And for the record, Cal Connor smokes his uh, game-winning goal tally. But, uh, I mean... And I want the chat to uh, to to participate as well. I mean, I'm going to say, is it not? It, it wouldn't be... I mean, it's Howard Chuck seems like the obvious answer, but I'm assuming that it wasn't Howard Chuck. Uh, Timu wouldn't have played for the Winnipeg long enough. Nope. Um, gotta give me a hint. Throw me a bone. He actually kind of looks like Kyle Connor. It wasn't Paul McLean, for the record. I'm seeing that Thank people you. are saying that. Uh, I don't know. Lori Boschman. Nope. I, Phyllis is asking what the question was. The question was who had the most game-winning goals for the Jets 1.0. I give up. Think, What's think the answer? Similar, similar body style to Kyle Connor. Small, yeah, fast, right. small, fast, winger, big mustache. Paul, but it wasn't Paul McLean. Nope. Uh, hmm. Oh, Bruce got it. Bruce also, got it. AKA, AKA BD Longshot. Oh, Doug Smale. Dougie Smale. Really? Yeah. Dougie Smale had the most uh, thirty-one game game goals. Win- 31 game winning goals for the Jets 1.0. Okay. So, I would not have uh, little, clearly little, did not guess that. 
a little Jets knowledge, a little Jets one point. This is what this is why Dave goes on vacation so he can come back with these stupid esoteric facts and then and stump me the on record, the post game show. I do not need to be on vacation to come up with these facts. I just That's have true. these facts. <laughs> They're locked last. Okay, so congratulations to both Kyle Connor and Doug Smale, I suppose. Uh, yes. Connor makes it three one for the Jets after twenty minutes. Uh, then the second period begins. And I thought St. Louis was the better, as I as I said in the preamble. I yeah. thought St. Louis was the better of the two teams uh, in that second period. And Brandon Saad gets the Blues to within one. It's at the uh, 9:03 mark. Hang on, got to highlight Spencey's comment. He gave us money. <laughs> we are pretty transparent here, folks. You know, you can pay to play, is what you can here. Uh, oh, within, within reason, Drew. Within reason. Well, yeah. Well, you got to keep the comments so we can. So it's still a family-friendly team, a family-friendly stream, rather. But uh, there you go, Spency. Thanks for the thanks for the shout out and thanks for the money, buddy. Uh, Brandon Saad, his seventeenth of the year at the nine oh three mark, um, unassisted uh, so far because Nate Schmidt is the one who really put it on his stick. Not a great sequence uh, for Nate Schmidt. In this one, no. he's sort of fighting the puck, he, you know, as it's a, a bit of a flip and a, a bouncing puck. And then he loses a board battle and then the scramble drill is on and then he gets the puck on his stick. And he's sort of in a panicky effort to remove the puck from the danger area, puts it right back into a more dangerous area like the stick of Brandon Saad, who is able to flip it up and over Lauren Persuas as the scramble drill was in full effect. And that cuts the lead from 3-1 to 3-2. It's a good forecheck by the Blues. Braden Shen, who we mentioned, is involved there. He's in on the play. Uh, the Blues are digging, and they're, and they're, they're winning that puck battle. Uh, and that's sort of where the, the, the catalyst for all the trouble starts with uh, the bouncing puck and Nate Schmidt just uh, sort of getting uh, losing a puck battle on this one, I would say. Well, and you know, the thing I would say, Drew, also is that you could feel this building for, as you mentioned, St. Louis, they were, they were the better team in that second period and they were building their momentum. And, and even again, on this play, you talk about it, I, I, this is a complete aside, but I always would have loved to hear like the um, in-game announcer who obviously Jay Richardson say something to the effect of, well, it's supposed to be unassisted, but clearly there was an assist on it. Uh, Nate Schmidt gets an assist on this one. And look, Lauren Brassois gets credit because he makes a fantastic save. Yes. But, you know, unfortunately, the Jets are the Jets are caught looking and they're caught watching and they're standing around. And it just ends up being an, an unfortunate result because, like I said, it, it Schmidt has control of the puck, loses it. Um, Brassois Thank you, Edwin. That. What's that? Thank you to Edwin. Oh, I didn't see that. I was looking at something. Oh, well, there you go. Super... Edwin, Edwin throwing us some cash. Appreciate it. Unnecessary, <laughs> but appreciate it. Just want to say <laughs> that. Thank you, folks. But anyways, look, it, it's it's just a it's a case of the Jets kind of a little bit of a malaise impacting their game in that second period. Mm-hmm. And and it's an unfortunate play for, uh, you know, on and off the stick of Nate Schmidt where he puts it right too sad and he puts it into the back of the net. And it's it like I said, it, it unfortunate for Lauren Brassois who makes a great save. Yeah. Uh, but you just see Sandberg's turned around trying to make the stop. Uh, Schmidt like it passes it right onto his stick. I mean, it really, it's, it's, it's almost inadvertent. He just kind of turns and the puck goes in off of him. But ultimately these guys are just standing and, and, and it ruins a uh, perfectly good save by Brassois and it ends up being a three, two game. And it's now there's a little bit of nervousness, right? Because the jets haven't been playing particularly well. And I believe actually, if I, if I recall correctly, the shots going into the, uh, after 20 or yeah. 13 to 12 they were and then 
I think the Jets had like an like a four or five one to start the second, but then the next twelve or thirteen shots were taken by St. Louis. St. Louis. I think at a time in the second period. So the the second period, uh, the Blues outshot the Jets fifteen twelve. But I believe at a point in time, the shots were thirteen to four, thirteen yeah. to six yeah. in that second period. The Jets were definitely on their heels yeah. uh, for a lot of that second period, and they maybe found their game in the last few minutes of that second. Um, yeah. But you know, the Jets were you know St. Louis was desperate. The desperate team is going to push back. And the question is, does that desperate team push all the way back? uh, Or do they get just close enough that they, you know, unfortunately for them, fall a little bit short? Thank you, In Bones We Trust. Again, folks, we appreciate it. Don't feel as though you need to give us money unless you want to give us money. We'll still highlight your comments, even if you don't pay us money for (laughs) it. Yeah, I was going to say, we we highlight the comments regardless. I mean, you don't need to Exactly. We appreciate it. It's very nice of all of you, but uh, it's definitely not, uh, it's not necessary, but we do appreciate it. You know, I was just, like I said, I was going to say the the unfortunate part for the Jets is they did have chances. Nino mm-hmm. Nino, <laughs> now someone <laughs> QMJ is saying Thank don't want to be left out. Yeah, this is this is our, our this is mine and Drew's secret plan to not secret plan to be like don't do this. Yeah. By the by the way, folks, don't tell Ginsburg that this happened because <laughs> we're just going to keep all this money. This is yeah. just going to the Dave and Drew slush fund. Yeah, this is a complete as he wasn't on the show, he doesn't get to be yeah, a part of it. Doesn't know. So this is our. Uh, this is our manna from heaven. We appreciate it. But look, it, it's it, like I said, it's it's a um, there were chances. And Nito Niederreiter, I think, was uh, a little frustrated because he he was set up with, I would say, at least a few two or three chances in this game to, to score. Couldn't get it done. But there were chances. I mean, they, they did create and you're right towards the end of the second period. I'm thinking about Drew where that I think it was that play. Mason Appleton fed it over to Niederreiter and, and Hofer made like like I said, he made. A yeah. number of really good saves to keep his team in this game. Well, and there was also that great uh, that great save uh, that Hofer made. I can't remember if, was that, if that was at the end of the second or early in the third off Ajax Alafilo. Ajax Alex Ayafalo, easy for me to say. That great glove save after that terrible giveaway. It was sort of a weird game. I can't remember if that take that giveaway was from. Uh, if that was off the stick of Colton Pareko, where he just sort of fed, uh, it was like uh, it was uh, like a birthday gift. I was yeah. I jokingly said it was it Alex Alex IFL's birthday today because it was whoa this is this is this has now become a complete uh, monstrosity, Drew. But we're yeah. we're, we're appreciating you. everybody for doing this. Yes, thank you, Kenny's water bottle, giving us some money. This again, but read the comment, Drew. No, yes. no, no, please, no, people. No, no, please, people. No need to give us the money, and then just keep. And he says the reverse psychology is working. We appreciate this. Anyways, yes. this is this has been a, this this is even making the show even more fun. Thanks, by the way, for everybody who's joining us. Want to make sure you smash that like button and ensure you're subscribed because Gary Bettman's media availability, the coach's media availability. You know how you get all that stuff. And there's really pretty much us and the Jets are the only two media entities in this city who are doing this. TSN does it, but they clip it, so you yeah. only get you clips. Get the, you get the raw audio from us. Raw video too, Drew. And so you're getting the TSN Sportsnet. They clip. They never provide, to be honest with you, they really don't even post anything unless it's notable. And uh, and we link to that as well. But it, like I said, if you want full-length video, come to Aleo Curve, but make sure you're subscribing. Yeah, there you go. Good comment there from uh, Dave M. Reminding everyone why it's important to slash the, smash the like button and why it's important to subscribe to the YouTube channel all the time. 3-2. Uh, 
after 40 minutes. Uh, the Jets need to have a good third period after they have in the last couple games. How's that third going to unfold? Well, there was some power play opportunities for the Winnipeg Jets. Braden Shen into the box early for tripping. Um, no dice on the power play there. Wasn't really a very nice power play. Appleton, he takes a roughing penalty bit of a questionable call but i guess the shen call was also maybe a little bit on the soft side mm. um so no dice for the blues on that one and then both sunkfist and shifley take offsetting penalties interference the sunkfist and sportsmanlike conduct to shifley four on four hockey is high event there was some good opportunities for both teams neither team scored it took until the 10 13 mark of the third period alex Iafalo. His eighth of the year. Finally, he gets off the schneid. First goal in 20 games, if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Manuk. 21. 21. It's his it's his eighth of the season. Assist to Ehlers and Monaghan. You could see how big of a goal this was for IFLO personally and yeah. how much it mattered for the Winnipeg Jets themselves. That is the all-important insurance marker. It starts with Monaghan winning a puck retrieval winning a puck battle. He gets it to Ehlers, who is able to find some soft ice, and he unleashes a shot that misses, but it comes off of the end boards, and Ayafalo is exactly where you expect him to be, in the dirty area, and he sort of bangs it and crashes it through Joel Hofer and into the back of the net. Oh, so pretty for Alex Ayafalo and the Jets. It's a 4-2 lead for the Jets in the back half of the second of the third period. And what I thought was as important as this goal was for the Jets, I thought their play in response to it was equally important. They didn't rest on their laurels. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. They had some additional shifts where they controlled the flow of play in the blue zone, the fourth line I remember of Perfetti, Nemesnikov, and Baron had a couple of good shifts where they almost had an opportunity. Perfetti came close to getting off of his schneid as well. Yeah. Uh, but the Jets, I thought, were the better of the two teams in the third period, and that's what I was looking for uh, when the period began, and the Jets responded in kind, and as a result, a well-earned, well-deserved 4-2 victory for the Jets tonight. Thank you to Brendan, uh, his comment up on the screen where would this team be without Laurent Brossois this year we saw what happened last year with uh, Dave Riddick he has instilled so much confidence when he is in net and amen to that Brendan Matheson Laurent Brossois has been I mean I, I said it we asked Marty Biron about it on Saturday Dave yeah uh, you know about you know sort of when a goalie is comfortable as the backup and finds a good situ situation. And Marty spoke about that, him finding that situation in New York and being comfortable as the backup, not always chasing the golden ring of a starter's position. If you're the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, again, I would be looking to try and sign Laurent Brossois to a contract extension. You don't have that next goalie banging through to be a backup just yet. So if you can get the Laurent Brassois under contract for a couple of years no at question. a decent cap hit, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, no. I mean, Laurent Brassois was was a big part of this hockey game, as as his first star would suggest. <clears throat> cough, cough. But I think it was it was clear. No, I mean, he is. And he's been a big part of this team. And, and Rick Bonus, again, going back to what was spoken about this morning, I mean, there wasn't certainty, right? Because the Jets don't play again now till Thursday. Thursday in Dallas. We'll be live on location, it? Boston Pizza. Say, 
I was going to say, I knew you weren't going to miss that opportunity to, to mention the fact that we'll be live on location. So hopefully it's 400 of you in the chat right now. Everyone will join us. Uh, not everyone. Well, I don't know if they could have the capacity for everyone, but hopefully most of you will join us at Boston Pizza on Thursday. Boston Pizza Taylor. Drew takes every opportunity he can. There you go. That's the leap. What's it? What are we calling it, Drew? A leap day party so big it only happens every four years. <laughs> there you go. A leap day party for our, with a legal curve. That'll be fun. But the point is that you knew that they were going to probably want to start Connor Hellebuck against the Dallas Stars. The Jets have, of course, the back-to-back -back coming up this weekend Yeah, with Carolina. And then who do they play on Sunday? Uh, um, Buffalo. Buffalo? Yeah, yeah, Buffalo. So so that you know that they're going to get Lauren Brassois into one of those two games. So this is, this is the idea, that he's going to be playing more. We talked about it. 16 games. We're not in March yet, but 16 games in March, which means you need a backup. This this guy is he's a one A, you know Connor Hellebuck is like a is like a one <laughs> phenomenal whatever yeah. that is a one and, star or one or a yeah. one double star and, and Brassois right now is just is a one A. Yeah, no, and and it's true, and so you're right, Drew. And look, uh, like Thomas Milich, good young goalie prospect, but he, I mean these guys take some time. Mm -hmm. um, so I I would think that and remember he was with the ECHL in the ECHL until he got the call and he's joined Colin Delia up with the moose, but, but ultimately this is, this is a, it's a, a few years away. Now, look, if I'm Lauren Brassois, he set himself up to be given an opportunity for next year, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about this year, but you just like what he gives the jets. You have the confidence. If you have Hellebuck in the net, or if you have Lauren Brassois in the net, I mean, obviously Hellebuck is one of the best goaltenders in the league. But Lauren Brassois has been, I mean, you look at his numbers, they've been pretty damn good and pretty consistent, mm -hmm. like Connor Hellebuck, for the majority of this year. So, I mean, it's it's a great option to have, and they're going to need him down the stretch because part of what we've talked about, the Jets have built themselves. We talk about the standings bank all the time and how they bank these points, which is significant. But that, I think, is going to give them the opportunity for, for them to give Lauren Brassois a lot of these starts and keep Connor Hellebuck fresh. And that's going to be the key when they enter the playoffs. Absolutely right. And the Jets are going to enter the playoffs in a position of strength, barring something unforeseen occurring. They win tonight 4-2 over the uh, St. Louis Blues. The Dallas Stars, well, they are getting handled by the Avalanche. So the Jets will be atop the Central Division uh, at night's end. Certainly, they're going to be there in points percentage regardless, but they will be tied with Dallas in points. But the Jets have the three games in hand, which means that Thursday night's game in Lone Star State in Dallas. It's going to be a big one. We're at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue for it. Join Dave and yours truly. We're going to watch the game. Then we're going to have a live broadcast of the Illegal Curve postgame show. So wherever you're planning on watching Thursday's game, be sure to change those plans to join us at Boston Pizza Taylor Avenue. 1160 Taylor, Thursday night, 7 p.m. We'll be there. A leap day party so big. It only happens every four years. This has been the Betway Game Recap here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Don't go anywhere. We have so much more still to cover about the Jets and the Blues. And, of course, about the Fireside Roundtable meeting of Commissioner Bettman and the media and everything else to do with the Winnipeg Jets off the ice. On ice, they've got to win. 
off ice. We'll talk about that next. Don't go anywhere. It's the Illegal Curve postgame show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, 400 of our closest friends and family. Mindy. <coughs> As my voice goes on this Tuesday night. Don't go anywhere. new New York Sicilian square footers. With a thicker crust than ever before, they're light and airy on the inside and oh so crispy on the outside. You're going to have your work cut out for you. <sighs> Okay, fine. Try the New York Sicilian Square Butters, only at Boston Pizza. You guys ever wish for a game changer in life? Like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories? Or discovering the mute button on Ezzy? Picture this, a secret weapon for parking, where you can book a spot a whole month in advance. Tell me more, Drew. Pre-book your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free if you use the code ILLEGALCURVE. Free? What is this? Sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking. And to sweeten the deal even more. I love sweets. Our listeners can use the code Illegal Curve to park for free. Holy Zamboni. Tell me about it. Just download Grid Park, G-R-Y-D Park, and use the code Illegal Curve. All one word to park for free. The game can change Ah! just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 
Tuesday evening, we're back. The Illegal Curve postgame show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk. Jets win 4-2 over the St. Louis Blues. They improve to 16-3-1 against their division rivals. They've won seven of their last eight games, the only blemish being that loss to the Calgary Flames. They've won four in a row, and they head into a three-game road trip starting Thursday night in Dallas. Another key Central Division matchup against the only team in the Central that they have yet to garner a victory over i don't know if that's factually true or not but go no you're it. right Sounds good. no they, no they lost they beat colorado all the, already this year no they beat colorado yeah they went into color don't you remember on that road trip that they started it off with that big yeah, win in colorado right. it's been that a was... long time since they played the abs though right it's been like months november played. november yeah, it feels i think like like november lo- or early like december it was, it was a while ago yeah oh did we do a was one of the boston pizza games a win again yes the boston pizza win was against colorado that is right. Thank you. I you you refreshed my memory. Hey, the, I don't know uh, what I did, but sure. Yeah, there you go. You jogged my memory. So good job on your on your job by jogging my memory. Uh, Dave, <laughs> obviously today the big hullabaloo was about yeah. uh, Gary Bettman coming to town and what his message was going to be, mm-hmm. and his message was much more of a uh, a, a Hakuna Matata uh, that it is uh, much more of a. Don't worry, uh, there's not a crisis going on here in Winnipeg. You know, the yes, they want more uh, season ticket holders. Yes, they need more season ticket holders. But no, uh, there is no peril uh, attached to the Winnipeg Jets name through the perspective of the NHL head office, that things are fine, that this is not a market that they are actively paying any more attention to attendance wise than they are any of the other 31 markets to me. Well, that is a good messaging. And I think that'll go a long way in in calming some of the noise. Yeah. To me, it it seems like Chipman was playing the bad guy and, and Bettman was playing the good guy. And it seems like it should have been role reversal a little bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, which to me is, is, is odd. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It's, you know, the commissioner came and said, you know, no, nothing particular to worry about. Just get out and support the team as best you can. But the whole sort of, I don't know, the whole vibe and the whole uh, approach, a little odd to me would be the word that I would use. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I don't know that people are saying the local media. I don't think that it was a local media that started this as some sort of oh, buzz. I mean, six all- people. It wasn't even it was nothing to do with the media. I was, well, Mark not only Chipman that, gives an interview to the Athletic. Yeah, a Toronto-based media, for the record. Regardless, I don't care. Who well, I'm just, I'm just. I, but what I'm saying is, it you can't. Yes. You, but you have to differentiate. I, the generalizations what pissed me off. The yeah. idea that somehow you make a sweeping generalization and everyone has to accept it is just unfair. I don't think it's a, an apt characterization. So, I mean, if you're gonna be Again, if you're going to make a comment, then that's fine. We everybody get, first of all, you can have a difference of opinion. We don't have to agree that your comment is right or wrong. It can be whatever your opinion is. But the fact of the matter is, just be specific. Don't just use a label, the media, and say, "Well, then that's that covers everybody," because it doesn't. It's it's just again, let's just try and have an honest dialogue about this. Now, speaking to that idea, I wanted to talk about a few things. Number one, the fact is that this was part of a planned attendance. Nothing yes. to do with a like Batman, as he reminded us in his availability in the Matt Frost Media Center. It wasn't as if he was he's never been in Winnipeg. He comes almost year. every year. He yeah. came last year. It was earlier last year. He was in the year in November. 
Um, like I jokingly said, I don't know why he picked the Tuesday in February. That's that's that is a curious decision. But let's be realistic. He flies in, he flies out, so it's not a uh, he's not planning. He doesn't spend a lot of time, but he comes to all the rinks. So this is not that's nothing that's untoward. I just think that's a um, a you know it's happenstance that it was around now, right after the the uh, media availability the article story with Mark Chipman in the Athletic, which of course got things tongues wagging but again like i said the ones that were really focused on this becoming a, a significant issue if you if you read what people locally wrote this is what i want to say this is a key point most of us recognized that the jets probably aren't going anywhere based on you know a number of circumstances and you know the the qualifier that mark chipman and company made because again mark chipman is aware he was part of the 1.0 trying to save those jets he didn't bring this team back to make, you know, 50, $500 million and then become a pariah in this city. He's, he's, he's built in, you know, essentially an empire and, and Gary Bettman talked about this. Sure. They've made a huge investment, but they've also like this investment goes nowhere without that anchor tenant. If you don't have a jets organization yeah, downtown, the downtown with all due respect to the Manitoba Moose, the team I cover more than anybody else is, is not, is not significant enough to keep. You know, so the investment, the the, the five star hotel that's going up next door to Canada Life, again, which is beginning. Um, you know, obviously during the pandemic, things slowed down, but they're starting construction again on that in the spring. So I just think like it, it, it. I don't think any of us who really who follow this team, and I think most people here follow this team. But I just think like you got to be aware, and that's why, like, if you notice the things that I posted on illegalcurve.com were local. I didn't post the stuff that was national. Because those people really aren't dialed in to this. So again, like I do, I agree that some of the media coverage of this um, situation in Winnipeg has been lazy for sure. I absolutely think that there's been some lazy narratives created and people who, again, like I'm seeing people talk about Winnipeg who have never stepped foot in Winnipeg. Right. And it is, it is irritating. I can understand. And fancy and, and then portray themselves as experts on the market. For sure. For sure. So, I mean, like it's, it's one of those situations where I understand where folks get um, upset. I just think that you just need to be aware. Like this is not a local media situation. I think this is a lot of folks from the outside of, you know, of, if you have a Manitoba address, uh, we're, we're chatting and, and look, Winnipeg is easy. I mean, we're Winnipeggers, right? It, we, we're tough. We have to be to live in this environment. And I think that we're used to taking the slings and arrows but you have a bit of a chip on your shoulder, whether you're, you know, a media member or whether you're a fan or whether you're the owner of the team who clearly, you know, wants, has a significant desire for this to, to get resolved in a positive. But again, the overarching message mm -hmm. from Batman, from Bill Daly, from Mark Chipman was that this, the, they made mistakes. Mistakes were made, whether it was, you know, in 2011 when they sold and this is the point I think that, again, I, I don't think people outside this market, I think in this market are unaware of, but just to reiterate it, 15% of the tickets are sold corporately. That means 85% of the tickets, if my math is right, maritime math, mm -hmm. shout out to Rick Ralph, 85% of the ticket responsibilities fall on fans in the smallest market in the NHL. The next closest market in, in Canada it's 45% corporate sponsorship. 
So that is a huge disparity, which is why Mark Chipman, Gary Bettman were, were today talking to Gary Bettman made it sound like it was not like a, a lecture series. It was more of a, you know, having panels, having conversations with corporate leaders, right? Big companies downtown, but that's what they're going to need to see. And, and again, like I said, True North has a, has a big role to play because they've made mistakes, whether it's customer service. And that, and that was the most interesting thing I thought that came out of that article out of the athletic drew was Mark Chipman's comments saying that essentially that, you know, we didn't really see ourselves as what was, yeah. I don't remember the, they, you know, they, they, that they, that they, they punted on providing customer service for a decade. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you want to, re, if you want, if you want to, you know, if you want to paraphrase it, that's not a direct quote, of course. But if you want to paraphrase it and, and and sum it up, you know, you know, is that they didn't really think that the customer service wasn't a priority of theirs. So now they're trying to reestablish that and build that from scratch. Now, that was obviously a a misjudgment by them in that mm-hmm. you know the you know that should have been more of a priority from day one but yep. what's done is done obviously and now you have to find a way to rectify that and improve upon that and clean up the mistakes that were made uh by by not providing that customer service and to your point i don't want to interrupt you dave you're, you're on a roll there but the little things like you know the fact that Morrissey and Shifley went to uh, yeah, the, those three the, the, the uh, Harvard Gardens is what they call it, where the three houses have the rinks, uh, you know, over the three yards. I'm assuming that's just in Crescentwood. Yeah, it's just around the corner from from, from yeah. where I am. It's not far from from uh, my place. I've driven past it. It's a great it's a great little thing. It, it looks like a ton of fun. It's very Canadiana, which is what Josh was saying, and everything else uh, mm-hmm. uh, along those lines. But you know, that's how you start to build this back up it starts with one grassroots conversation at a time i was going further to the point you're making why don't you play the morrissey that's on my twitter about a minute 10 if you can find it and you drew you have the second screen for a reason so bring up that that uh media from josh morrissey this morning because i think it's worth playing i i, I was going to mention i'm glad you did because i think it really was a um i think it's something that the jets and this goes back to the pandemic. I, this, like, I and I saw it kind of start to get rebuilt. And there's a lot of factors. Like, this is not just some simplistic. Oh, you just need to change this, and everything is going to get fixed. This is this is multifaceted. And so, one of the things, one of those areas, was a disconnect between the Jets team and the fans. And I started to see that get a little bit closer together with this summer because of development camp and fans and the team were interacting, which we, which you didn't see for a number of years. So I, I don't know if you've got that queued up, but there we go. Let's see if they, yeah, this assumes I know how to make the audio work. Chipper asked if we'd uh, come and um, visit a pretty cool uh, outdoor rink setup that they've got uh, in the city here. And um, you know, that a, I guess, former season ticket holder had, and, you know, obviously our job is to, worry about wins and losses on the ice um and that's where our focus is but at the same time you know it, it was just an opportunity to interact with some some kids and families that uh you know love the jets um and it kind of was couldn't be any more in my view canadian than that a outdoor rink across three front yards and you know with trees in the middle of the ice and stuff it, it's pretty awesome so um yeah it was just fun to go interact with some great people and um and i think that's something that uh I've always valued about the Jets organization and uh, and Mr. Chipman is their commitment to the city of Winnipeg, uh, 
their their love for the city of Winnipeg. And, um, you know, I think that's just another example of, uh, you know, him trying to um, get players in a situation, interact with some of the great fans and, um, you know, be a part of this community. So uh, it was a lot of fun. There's Josh Morrissey from earlier today. Uh, that, of course, available in its entirety on IllegalCurve.com and on our YouTube channel. Look, it's little things. It's not going to be... There's no magic bullet. Mm-hmm. There's no... you know. Look, winning goes a long way. Remember last year, they sold out the playoff game. So, you know, if you're talking about not selling out playoff games, it's a different s- situation entirely. They sold out the playoff games. The, the, the attendance numbers have been growing, especially in the second half of the year. These are all good signs. These are all things that tell me that the, you know, that, that uh, this isn't dire straits or anything. Yep. But, it's, but in terms of winning back disaffected customers, you know, and, and I, not that I know the financial situation of the people who have Harvard Gardens, but I know the neighborhood. And if these people were once your season ticket holders, you need to find out why they're not your season ticket holders anymore because it's not a uh, it's generally a a relatively affluent neighborhood that they have these three rinks in. So you Mm got to find out why they're not your season ticket holders anymore. And you do it by communicating and talking to the grassroots. You call up the local business that used to have season tickets and had tickets that they spent a lot of money on good seats or seats in the 300 level, whatever it might be. And you call them up and you hear from them and it's going to take a time and it's going to take a lot of shoe leather. You know, it's, it's great. And I, I use this analogy on my, on my Twitter feed earlier, and this is not an invitation to talk politics. So if you're going to start talking, talking politics as a result of my comment just do not but the best political campaigns where you garner the most support start by being on the ground talking to people one door at a time one conversation at a time and you win them one vote at a time and you win season ticket holders back one conversation at a time and one mini package at a time that's how you do it there is no magic solution you can't snap your fingers and all of a sudden get 65 percent uh success rate uh from the corporate community but you can start by having those conversations and that the realization of that is about a decade too late for Mm -hmm. true north but it's not a decade it's not so far gone that it can't be repaired ever it's just not going to be overnight and as long as they know it's not going to be overnight they will be fine and as long as they're committed to putting in the effort to do so ultimately the community and the people of winnipeg and the business community and joe blow who can afford whatever joe blow can afford to go to will be there because it is as long as they see the love being reciprocated from my perspective yeah and and look i'll end it with my thoughts with Gary Bettman's we're not here to preach doom and gloom. And he right. just said, this is going to take a community effort alongside with the team, but he goes, I believe this place will do it. And then it was funny. Cause then he got a big applause from the crowd, about 500 folks. And then he said, I'm not used to that, but it's not bad. <laughs> so look again, could they be blowing smoke? Could they be here to do that? Sure. Could they, you know, look, Mark Chipman is, is well-regarded amongst the ownership. And, and so I'm not and the board of governors. So you know that it's a, 
it's a sensitive issue, mm-hmm. but I mean, the league is, they're not, they're not unaware, right? If you heard one of the questions, and again, I don't know, we'll have, hopefully, if you didn't get a chance to watch the fireside chat, Colby, bless his heart, working his buns off, trying to get everything done. But he, we got Gary Bettman's media availability. That's on our YouTube channel. We'll have the fireside chat, which I don't know that anybody's actually going to have. And it wasn't, I don't think it was live stream. So we'll have that on our YouTube probably tomorrow. Uh, if we can get it later tonight, but if you didn't get a chance to, it's worth watching. I think there was some, um, I mean, obviously it's there, there, the, the questions are gone over, but ultimately yeah, it's, it's a sanitized, uh, it's a sanitized, but, yeah, form, but you know, but it is, but Drew, it is. But the, one of the first questions I, I, was about, I'm, no, I was just gonna say one right. of the first questions was about Arizona. Right? I'm, I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I wouldn't expect that it'd be a, a you know a, a blanket open forum uh you know so I'm, that's not a criticism that's just a reality of, of that kind of situation yeah and and like i like i again what i was just gonna say is that the fact is he was he was asked about arizona he's asked about the coyotes because obviously jets fans are like well what's going on here you're 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 right. looking at winnipeg and then you've got situations like arizona san jose's got terrible crowds now you know the folks aren't used to seeing winnipeg because of all those years of sellouts and and one of the things that Gary Bettman essentially said, and again, I'm trying to wrap this up, but there's there was a lot to talk about today, is that businesses go through evolution. As I think I just highlighted the comment from Al, and and so you have to you can focus on the past and where the mistakes you made, and it's important to, of course, be aware of those mistakes so you don't repeat them in the future. But but ultimately, you have to figure out a way to move forward. That's what it sounds like the Jets' well, plan is, and right. like I said, that's. It seems like the league is on board and really ultimately no timeline basically said, look, this is just so the Jets can remain not viable because there's not a question about their viability. It's mm-hmm. about their competitiveness. Do you want to spend $80 million if you're only making 70, right? And you're losing that. I'm just saying, you know, from that perspective. For the record, and this is, I, I don't believe any time a team, an, yeah. uh, any fr- any professional sports team claims that they're losing money. I, yeah. I don't I call BS on that just for the yeah, record. Of course, of but course. you know, and it's interesting you say, you know, that there's the comment up there that you know businesses always go through an evolution, and that's mm-hmm. true. And mm-hmm. there's sometimes where you know, look, there where certain businesses or certain forms of entertainment are hotter than other forms of entertainment. But one thing you can always control. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of variables that are out of your control. So you want to focus on the ones that are in your control, and one that is in your control always is the degree of customer service that you provide. And now I certainly hope that True North has learned a lesson that that cannot be something that you ever let slide away. Because as long as you always provide customer service and you know as best customer service as you can, you always have that to fall back on. That can always be your backbone. Maybe your team isn't the best on the ice. There's going to be some times where the team struggles. Every team has it. But if you provide customer service at its absolute finest, which you can control, then you can leverage that during those some of those darker days where your industry isn't as popular or your team isn't as good or the on-ice performance isn't what it once was. Will True North heed those lessons? Time will tell. I hope they do. But there you go. There's the off-ice analysis from tonight's very busy edition of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew, apparently we have immaculate customer service, according to Scardi. Well, you know, we do have immaculate customer service. When the guy uh, from BC 
sent me a very rude message telling me to go do something that's not ana anatomically possible. I yeah. didn't respond. I just deleted it because I thought it'd be better to not provide bad customer service. In this instance, I just said, okay, you've got that off your chest. I don't need to escalate things any further. <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up with the uh, Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. The Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. Big thanks to all of you for some great comments and great conversation all throughout tonight's post-game show. Uh, here is the winner. It's pretty straightforward. I thought it was a good analysis. The fourth line, Perfetti, Baron, Nemesnikov. The fourth line was fantastic tonight. They play like that, and we, we being the Winnipeg Jets in this instance, are golden. Stewie 9, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but Stewie9, you are the winner of tonight's Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. Send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com. Slide into my DMs at ICDrew. Hopefully, don't tell me to do something that's anatomically impossible. Uh, let me know your mailing address, and our friends at Tough Duck will be glad to ship you out a toque for that, your Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment on tonight's Legal Curve post-game show. Good night for the Jets on the ice, Dave. Good night for the Jets off the ice. It's always a good night when you head over to IllegalCurve.com for all your post-game needs. And of Recaps course, already up, Drew. I know it is. And of course, our YouTube channel is a great resource all day, every day for all your latest Winnipeg Jets, Manitoba Moose, audio and video. Big thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. Big thanks to our sponsors, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Grid Park. I just actually booked my parking spot for tomorrow's Ice Cube concert there you using go. Grid Park. So I'm already ahead of the game. Use Grid Park. Use the code curve. Illegal Curve to park for free. So check them out if you're going downtown for tomorrow night's concert. Come say hi to me if you run into me. Uh, I'll be the person uh, awkwardly there, but that's still, I'm usually the person awkward in all situations. But uh, nonetheless, Grid Park, a great resource when you're looking for parking and you don't, and you can book months in advance. Linden Market Dental Center, Betway, Zapia Group Realty, Tough Duck, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Farmery Beer, and of course, Boston Pizza, where we will be on Thursday night for the live on location edition of the Illegal Curve post game show and the Leap Day Watch Party, a party so big it happens only every four years. That is going to be Thursday night, 7 p.m., Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. I saw that comment from Spency, <laughs> and I'm doing my best to get through the rest of the post game show without laughing at that point in time. Oh my God, uh, so we look forward to welcoming everybody on Thursday night if you're able to join us in person. If you're not, we'll see Drew's you for the asking Drew, what time does everyone show up? Come on. Yeah, show up as question. early as you want. Show up you know, whenever you can, Stu. So we'll be there at 7. Hopefully you'll be there at that time. If you're a couple minutes late, well, we still welcome you with open arms, of course. And if, if you can't make it down there for the post-game show or for the uh, live on location broadcast, we'll be there. Uh, the the post-game show will be on our YouTube channel as per always. Big thanks to all of you. Big thanks to all these fine businesses. Big thanks to everyone for their continued support of Legal Curve Hockey. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. Happy belated birthday to my sister, by the way. Happy, Happy birthday belated birthday to Rach. 
Rachel's birthday. Can't, can't, can't miss that one. Uh, if you haven't already done so, smash the like button. Uh, you know, Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channels. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. And tell your friends and family the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And again, on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. Jets win 4-2 for DM Dave oh. Manuk. I'm D. What? 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 Sorry. What, what? Sorry, Drew. Hate to do this to you. Hate to do this to you. And I should have done this hours ago. But just quickly, we do have IC merch available. I'm just going to do a quick plug here, Drew, and then we'll we'll end the show. Okay. IC merch is coming back. I'm going to have a link on the on the website illegalcurve.com under the merch tab. You're going to have a short window, not a short window, but a month to order the gear, and then. You can see the gear I'm wearing it right now. Yeah, at, I'm actually wearing. Sort of it under, I'm wearing it underneath my Kentucky sweatshirt. There you big go. Win, so big we, win for my Wildcats. Buzzer beater tonight in Mississippi State. So folks are asking about merch. I've had a lot of people asking questions. You can buy the hoodies. You can buy our zip ups now. You can look like I see if you want. Yeah, but we appreciate the support. So we're gonna have the merch button. Uh, it's gonna be on the website. I'll make it active either tonight or tomorrow. And then, like I said, we'll have you'll have a, about a month. And then once the orders are in. There's going to be a one-month window, and then we're going to try and get to everything. And if you can get it to you early, great. And if not, uh, well, it'll take at least about a month. But just so you know, we'll yep. have a one-month window to order, and then it'll take a, probably three, four weeks after that. But uh, that's kind of their new plan, just so everyone, if you want to order merch, you'll be able to. Unfortunately, uh, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency said we cannot offer replica Ezzy beards. They said that is outlawed and banned. We are not able to offer that as part of our merchandise offering. But everything else under the sun will be available on the website, IllegalCurve.com. Stay tuned for all that news. And, of course, our social media platforms will have all the latest as well. Thanks to everyone for joining us. For DM Dave Manuk, I'm DM Drew Mandel. We'll see you Thursday. Thursday night. Until then, we wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.